seated. For the reading of today's gospel, there will be three of us reading. So we will have one at the pulpit, oops, the pulpit, the lectern, and then I'll stand here in the center. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. When the hour came, Jesus took his place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup. After giving thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom comes. Then Jesus took a loaf of bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Let us break bread together on our knees. Let us break bread together on our knees. When I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun, O Lord, have mercy on me. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. For the Son of Man is going as it has been determined, but woe to the one by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to ask one another, which one of them it could be who would do this? A dispute dispute also rose among them as to which one of them was to be regarded as the greatest. But he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, the greatest among you must become like the youngest, and the leader like the ones who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. Yesu, Yesu, fill us with your love. Show us how to serve the neighbor we have in you. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confirm on you, just as my Father has confirmed on me, a kingdom, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon. Simon, listen. Satan has demanded to shift all of you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, that brothers and all he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. 
Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you have denied three times that you know me. He said to them, when I send you out without a purse, bag, or one who has the purse must take it, and likewise a bag. And the one who has no sword must must sell counted among the lawless. And indeed, that is written about me in being fulfilled. They said, Lord, look, here are two swords. He replied, it is enough. He came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And Jesus said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come to the time of trial. Stay with me, remain with me, watch and pray, watch and pray. While he was still speaking, suddenly a crowd came, and the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, is it with a kiss that you are betraying the Son of Man? When those who were around him saw what was coming, they asked, Lord, should we strike with the sword? Then one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this, and he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple priests, and the elders who had come for him, have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a bandit? When I was with you day after day in a temple, you did not lay hands on me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they sized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. But Peter was following at a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him in the firelight, stared at him and said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else, on seeing him, said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then about an hour later, still another kept insisting, 
Surely this man also with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. At that moment, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said to him, Before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. O Jesus, I have promised to serve you to the end. Now the men who were holding Jesus began to mock and to beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it who struck you? They kept heaping many insults on him. When the day came, the assembly of the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, gathered together, and they brought him to their council. They said, If you are the Messiah, tell us. And Jesus replied, If I tell you, you will not believe, and if I question you, you won't answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. All of them asked, Are you then the Son of God? He said to them, You say that I am. And then they said, What further testimony do we need? We have heard it from ourselves from his own lips. Then the assembly rose as a body and brought Jesus before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting our nation, forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor, and saying that he himself is the Messiah, a king. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered, You say so. Then Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowds, I find no basis for an accusation against this man. But they were insistent and said, He stirs up the people by teaching throughout all of Judea, from Galilee where he began, even to this place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him off to Herod who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had been wanting to see him for a long time, because he had heard about him and was hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at some length, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and scribes stood by, vehemently accusing him. Even Herod with his soldiers treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then he put an elegant robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. That same day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people, and he said to them, You brought me this man as one who was perverting the people, and here I've examined him in your presence. 
and I have not found this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither is Herod, for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he has done nothing to deserve death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. Then they all shouted out together, Away with this fellow! Release Barabbas for us! This was a man who had been put in prison for an insurrection that had taken place in the city, and he was there for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify him! A third time he said to them, Why, what evil has he done? I have found in him no ground for the sentence of death. I will, therefore, have him flogged and release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that Jesus should be crucified. And their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave his verdict that their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for, the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder, and he handed Jesus over as they wished. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of the people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, 
Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. When the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly this man was innocent. And when all the crowds who had gathered there for this spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home, beating their breasts. But all Jesus' acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Every time I think about Jesus, every time I think about Jesus, every time I think about Jesus, Surely he died on, on Calvary. Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph, who, though a member of the council, had not agreed to their plan in action. He came from the Jewish town of Arimathea, and he was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in a linen cloth, and laid it in a rock-hewn tomb where no one had ever lain. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed, and they saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested again according to the commandment. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you. Praise to God.
thank you to our readers this morning and to you as you have participated in this service. And I think there may be even some who have been watching on video who are holding up palm fronds and crosses today too. What we do together is far from reenactment. We proclaim that God is indeed at work, that God continues to be up to something. We proclaim it in our song, in our prayers, in the scripture read. We also proclaim it in our actions. 60% of what we communicate in our culture anyway is nonverbal. So what is it that we say when we wave a palm cross or a palm front? We use action like processions into Jerusalem to communicate something. We use symbols to communicate what we love. I'm going to quiz you, but don't get too nervous. I think you'll do just fine. The yellow circle with the smiley from the 1970s. You know what it says, roughly? Have a nice day. We love kindness. I'm confident you'll know this one too. The circle with a vertical line that goes about halfway down and then it divides. The peace sign, because we love peace. Sometimes we generate things, items, actions to speak about the things we oppose. This week I saw an article in the English language version of Deutsche Welle News Service from Germany. A young emigre named Kai Kantanen came from Russia to Berlin and she decided that her Russian flag, red with hammer and sickle, represented only violence, death, and bloodshed. So she decided that Russia needed a new flag. She designed a white flag with a horizontal blue stripe, similar to the color of many of the masks that we wear. Kai also is encouraging school children to make these flags saying, whatever paper you have on hand, use, and whatever color of blue you have, use because she would like this to become a people's symbol. And already she's discovering as she goes out in public waving this peace flag, it's starting to catch on. She's had people that she doesn't know come up and embrace her and welcome her in love. Sometimes there are symbols that we conjure up and manipulate that are designed to intimidate to make us afraid. For me, one that I think churns the blood cold is the X stars and bars of the Confederate flag often flown in the US that has been slapped on semi-trucks going to Ottawa recently. That emblem was designed to support 
and to lift up not only slavery, but white supremacy. That was its only purpose. It never had another. The swastika, which at one time did have a purpose in the Aztec culture of being a symbol of life, became twisted. And it became twisted for the sake of the Third Reich of Nazi Germany. And many of us cannot see that symbol anymore as anything other than a symbol for evil and for death. And then there's the cross. The Roman Empire fashioned the cross with a definite purpose, to kill anyone who would resist Caesar's claim to be ruler over all and to be God of life and death. The cross was meant to say, don't you dare resist. And yet, here we are with palm crosses. And what is it that we say with a palm cross? I choose to believe that we are saying that God will take and can take the most brutal, the most violent, the most ugly parts of our existence, that God can even take death and transform it into this whole new thing. That God can bring forth life where there was death. And that God continues to proclaim an age-old promise, the divine intention that one day in Christ, all will be gathered up into God's loving embrace for the mending of all creation.